Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Live, brought to you live from Southern California. Today we have a guest from the East Coast of the United States on this Monday, February 26th, approximately 8 or 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's my pleasure to introduce you today to our esteemed guest that we have tonight. Uh, he's somebody who has journeyed extensively into the world of the paranormal. Uh, both of his experiences and uh, what he's done for the community is both captivating and very inspiring. From a very young age, uh, Mr. Steve was drawn to the mysteries of the unknown. Uh, these were sparked by enigmatic encounters with a shadowy figure or presence in his childhood home that spiked his curiosity. However, it wasn't until he embarked on a remarkable career as a historian and paranormal tour guide at the former West Virginia State Penitentiary in Manville, that this true path into the paranormal actually unfolded. Over just uh, about 15 years within those historic walls, uh, they delved deep into the realms of the supernatural, shaping their understanding and passion for the unexplained. During their time at the penitentiary, Steve was able to form lasting bonds with three remarkable individuals, Ryan Zackler, David Gear, and Jason McKinney. Together, they embarked on a thrilling venture co-founding the renowned paranormal YouTube channel Paranormal Quest that you guys are all familiar with, where they continue to explore the mysteries of the otherworldly. In 2011, Steve, our guest for tonight, um, committed further to the paranormal to new heights by actually founding and opening the Archives of the Afterlife, known as the National Museum of the Paranormal a testament to his dedication and expertise in the field. So please join me in welcoming our guest, Steve Hummel, a true pioneer in the realm of the supernatural paranormal, whose experiences and insights are sure to leave us spellbound tonight. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming in, man. I appreciate you. Hey, it's, it's, it's an honor. <laughs> yeah, I know. Work it out today. Or tonight, yeah, technically. I, <laughs> yeah, for all the Steve, Steve's uh, East Coast, so he's, he's uh, sort of burning in the midnight uh, oil for us, the midnight lamp and the oils. Um, if you have any questions for him, I'm going to post the link. This is going to take a little bit of a backseat because we have a lot of stuff to explore with him. Uh, I posted the link to our show here. Um, we're being broadcast on two different channels, uh, the Art Bell Files channel. Yeah, we have our, our Bells File channel, Strange Days Live, this particular channel, and we're also live on X, a.k.a. Twitter. So, Steve, thank you again once again for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's been kind good. of a long off-season. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in your in your um, I saw that in your museum's website. You guys have an off-season, but I, I think that helps you to kind of uh, recalibrate everything and just get uh, more energized in, in, in regards to projects and future things you have in store. Typically, yes, uh, but uh, this year's or this off-season has been very hectic. Um, the location where the museum has been at for the past few years was always intended to be a temporary location because where it was before that. Uh, unfortunately, our city found its way of tearing down our community center, and thus I had to move the entire collection to a location within a few months. So where we were at wasn't—it's not an optimal town to be in, and it's not just—it's not just good for foot traffic. So, been trying—I've been trying to relocate this entire off season. It's come down to the, like the last month, and it's—and uh, nothing, nothing right now is even for certain yet. So. It's just so, it's just been a crazy uh, crazy off season. So where where's uh, where are you potentially going to be located? Uh, here within the Moundsville area, I still okay. want to be. I still okay. want to be here. Um, that's the plan, uh, mainly because of um, some close friends in my family. Um, this past season, you know, on the off season, I guess you'd say, um, uh, my grandmother fell ill and uh, she passed away this past uh, uh, November. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that, that my younger brother passed away that appreciate really it. so oh, it's, it's just between that college working art commissions it's, you're you're a busy guy uh, i don't like being busy i just have a tendency and a habit of being busy 
<laughs> life gets you that way. Yeah. So you you do uh, what kind of art are you into, or, or what kind of art do you do? I'm do a lot of uh, a lot of uh, commission work for people. Um, I like uh, anywhere from acrylic to pen, pencil, um, some sculpting in the past, different stuff like that. That's wonderful. I feel like I'm going to have to have you more than one night, man, because you're very extensive background. You have a lot of stuff going on. Um, so maybe in the future, I, I would love. Yeah, I would have loved to have you here. Now, um, so for for those of us that are that are just uh, joining our show, uh, Steve Hummel is the owner of the Archive of the Afterlife. This is, to my knowledge, probably one of the only, or is it one of the first paranormal museums in the nation? Oh no, it's it's one of the. Um... A lot of the early ones you have are like the uh, the Warrens, uh, John Zaffis. Uh, those are like some of the big pioneers. The uh, you know the people who kind of paved the way. You know, and then and are are those still are those uh, are those still open? I believe. I mean, both are in existence. I believe the Warrens they had issues with the city ordinance. Okay. So I got to meet a couple members of Nesper. There, that's the group that kind of. I guess oversees their their museum, and they were some some of the nicest, most approachable people I met. Uh, I also met John Zaffis a couple times. Uh, Wonderful. He was on the TV show. Uh, was it? Oh, just lost it. My brain has been going. Yeah, no, it's late for you as Haunted well. Collector. Haunted collector. Uh, yeah, honor. That's right. One of the nicest people you'd ever meet. Um, I kind of got my idea for the museum after a visit to Gettysburg. They had like a little oh. spiritualist museum there. My friends, Brian and Dave, uh, we went out to kind of just do a little tour and see the area. And at that time, I had a gym and fitness center, and I just opened a diner next door to it. And I had a big empty room in the diner building. I didn't know what to do with it. And I, at that time, I was still a tour guide at the penitentiary, as I right. with a you know, 15-year time span. Sure. And I got the idea, like, well, I can do it. You know, I'd like to do a museum, too. I love history, I love this and that, and just love sharing stories with people. So I started collecting people's uh, experiences, people's opinions on the paranormal, haunted places in West Virginia. And I took a little, what used to be a little poker room in the dining room. I just started collecting that, typing out the stories and media, framing them and hanging them up. So when people would come in to buy lunch or whatever, I could say, while you're waiting for your food, you could check out their little museum to the side and that's keep, cool kept them busy and not griping about waiting for food so and that's then, a great idea and then pretty soon uh, stuff would get sent in with letters say this creeps me out you can have it things being donated um now a good friend of mine uh, john miller uh, at the time uh, that i didn't know him from from adam but he came in one time and said i want to do, i want to do something to kind of help your 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 business out here sure well, appreciate it. I figured he's probably selling advertisements, and and lo and behold, he wasn't. He actually, at the time, worked for the uh, Pittsburgh branch of the Wall Street Journal. So we ended up making front page of the Wall Street back in 2012. Wow! So and that that, that is... definitely helped the museum out a good bit too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We have. Uh, I've interviewed. Are you familiar with uh, Miranda uh, from uh, Ghost Biker Explorations? Oh yeah, Miranda Young. Yes, very yeah. very nice lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's an awesome lady. And I, I interviewed her uh, a couple of months back. And it's funny because she also uh, she purchased a, a jail locally that she also uh, that she also runs. Because uh, I know that you work you work at the pen, you said penitentiary is where you work, correct? Yeah, Ryan and Dave actually got to go film down there. I, I that was one of the trips that one of the new or more recent episodes for Paranormal Quest. Uh, oh, one... down there, but I didn't get I didn't get to go. Uh, I yeah. Was, Okay, so you, yeah, you're aware that that's awesome. Yeah, no, she's awesome. I've had her, she's a friend of the shows, and uh, I've had her here. Uh, but I think we interviewed her either last year or the beginning of this year. But yeah, it, it was just funny because um, she, she's the owner of that uh, historical landmark, too. So you guys sort of both of you have that, uh, you know, they can cl- claim that, that you guys either, well, either worked at one or you, you know, in her case, she owns one, which is v- very cool. Um, I, for all those, for the listeners, I'm going to pop this image here. Go ahead and follow Steve uh, at his uh, Instagram. It's archive.paranormal.museum. Um, it's, and you can also follow the website right below, archive-afterlife.weebly.com. 
there's some really cool stuff posted on the Instagram. And I, I, I stole some of the images because I want to ask Steve um, <laughs> the stories behind it. Yeah. And this is uh, basically a, a screenshot of the, the website, the National Museum of the Paranormal Archive of the Afterlife Paranormal Museum. So go ahead and please uh, follow him. Do you have a YouTube channel as well? Uh, yes, it's uh, just I jump on YouTube and look up Paranormal Quest. Perfect. Okay, yeah, well, I'm sure people know that one. Yeah, there's uh, they have 174,000 subscribers. So yeah, those guys are well known. So those two guys that are, uh, cause I haven't, I've never think I've seen the show of an entirety. I'm, I'm familiar with the channel. Those are your buddies that you guys used to do yeah. tours with. Yeah, the um, Ryan has the blonde hair and Dave has the dark hair. Perfect. And then Jason's the taller one with the uh, southern accent from West Virginia. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. He's, he's got a big southern draw to him. <laughs> that's always welcome, man. Let's see here. Um, yeah, so guys, go ahead and uh, follow all those avenues, uh, you know, for all the guests. This It's uh, the right thing to do, and he's gracious enough with his time. So as we move on, uh, there was a couple of things that I wanted you, if you don't mind discussing on the air in regards to some of the items that you possess in your collection. But uh, the one image that kind of captivated me was this one right here. Okay, and, that uh, happened this past year, I believe. Um, okay. The gentleman, and I, I didn't catch his name, it was on a day tour. Uh, he was upstairs on the second floor. And he came down and was going through the uh, the chapel room, through the hallway, and coming into the front room where the front door is where I was at. And he said his he re, he basically said that his legs started feeling really warm. And when he looked down, these red markings were on his uh, on his leg. Wow. Yeah, they resemble uh, your classic uh, scratch marks, if you will. Yeah, and there, there's another one that might have been on that Instagram page too of a. Uh, a woman's uh, a young woman's back that was scratched really bad i don't unfortunately no i didn't i didn't, I didn't get to see that one i just saw uh this one here so, but yeah it's uh yeah man it's pretty uh pretty pretty uh significant um now there's some more images here for example what about this device this contraption here tell us a story behind this this is this is one of your articles within the museum correct that's uh that's one of my favorite pieces and actually where the museum's at now it's kind of a rough town, so temporarily it's one of the items I don't keep at the museum. I keep it, uh, keep it in storage. Uh, that okay. actually I I found from a private collector while working at the penitentiary here in Moundsville, and that is actually the at one time the lost cap to the electric chair from the penitentiary's uh, the the West Virginia penitentiary's electric chair. So this is the penitentiary that you conducted your tours in. Well, yeah, I worked. Yeah, I worked as a tour guide. Yeah, right. And when this penitentiary, this penitentiary, it was functional from what year to what year? From 1866 to March of 1995, and it was ranked within the top five most violent institutions in the nation. The actual nickname by the Department of Justice uh, that it received was actually Blood Alley. Wow. I mean, it, it it rivaled many other, you know, high um, popular, if you will, uh, prisons uh, from just 1890, I think it was 1899 to 1995. What's on document is 900, uh, 998 documented deaths. Really? Yeah. And that's just on 10 acres of property. My gosh. 94 institutions. You had 85 in the gallows, nine in the chair. Uh, you had inmates killed in the 1880s that weren't documented until the assistant warden Wilkerson was his last name reported um, unjust treatment, un, you know, uh, brutal treatment of the of the inmates by the uh, warden himself, and that can actually be looked up in the Cincinnati Enquirer, November 30th, 1886. It's called Under the Lash. And uh, long story short, because this this, can, this can be way too long. Um, basically what he would do is to punish the inmates. He would either waterboard them or he oh, would uh, remove their shirt and put them over what they called a kicking Jenny, which is just like a, like an art board. Uh -huh. And he would shackle the feet and arms down to the point where the arms are almost dislocated at the shoulders. And then he would take the leather strap, soak it in water, roll it in sand, and he would whip that individual until he was tired. 
And some either some either drowned, some actually actually died on the kicking Jenny due to due to shock or blood loss. And the right. kicker with that is a lot of people don't realize, and this is actually on the website, uh, wvpentors.com. Uh, that's the penitentiary tours. Uh, sure. Probation. Um, that they buried the inmates that way, and they buried them in the prison walls because really? it was it was unwarrant it was uh, unordered, if you will, punishment. So they didn't bury them in the prison cemetery; they buried them in the prison walls. My so God. when you look at the 998 documented deaths, there's a lot of room for error with that because oh, I'm sure. the assistant Wilkerson, who exposed what was going on told the person doing the interview when he was asked, because they asked him how many died from this, he says, I can't remember all the names. He did say for the two years that Peck was there from 1885 to 1887, a minimum of two inmates died per month just from being whipped to death or or drowning with the the shoe fly. That's horrible. That puts you at at least 1,086 deaths instead of 998. Right. Not to mention... It's built over an uh, ancient Native American burial ground, right oh, across, uh, the, right across the street, no more than a hundred yards away, hundred to maybe hundred, maybe two hundred yards away, is the largest conical burial mound in North America. Mounds would yeah. sell at multiple burial mounds within the entire city limits. So you can, wow. you can easily say Moundsville is can be easily nicknamed the city of the dead. My goodness. Easily. And so, what was the capacity at any point in, in that particular penitentiary? Um, kind of did the guesstimation number on how many cells it used to have, but at one time it peaked around twenty-four to twenty-six hundred inmates. My gosh! And you had at the at the biggest that the cells were dimensions were five by seven, and That's at one point really... you were averaging two to three inmates a cell. <sighs> That's brutal. That's that brutal. Place. Now, in regards to the item that I'm showing here, this is a skull. The, what is it called? Skull cap, right? Uh, the yeah, you can call it that, or the execution cap. The execution cap. Now, in regards to this particular cap, uh, how many executions took place with this? Nine. Nine. Nine people wore that when they were executed. Oh, wow. We actually got some really cool. Uh, we didn't really record it for the ep- the. Ep- uh, the channel, uh, but when I actually re- reintroduced it to the chair, it actually spiked the REM pod two to three times. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, it was, it was and, pretty interesting. And I actually, and, and you know, and um, in regards to how people die in the electric chair, I think this is what delivers a deadly blow, right? It's a cap. Yeah, actually, on the top of the uh, top bar, the one that kind of lays over top of the other one. Yeah. When it's flipped upside down, you can actually see on either side of the crossbar two little smooth areas. And that's where the uh, clips would have went on that, you know, were that ran to uh, the generator. Now, tell me, uh, have you experienced anything uh, unusual when you hold this in your hand or as, as, you, as you possess this item? A lot of times, at, we'll say at the minimum, I think that happens especially when I'm holding it, is that you definitely, it feels there's just an, a very heavy, ominous, like, feeling to it. Like, it seems like sometimes it's a mixture of sadness, but also a mixture of bitterness. Got it. it yeah, it, I would imagine. It depends. You know, it, it's just, it's not always an exact science. No, I, I would, uh, it's funny, even before you said the word sadness, I associate it with sadness, too, um, you know? Because there were some that were repentive, you know, sure. some that were just quiet and some, you know, were just nasty people. No, right. You're right on. Now, this next particular um, item that I wanted to kind of, this one caught, caught my attention as well. Can you go a little bit through through this right here? Oh, the, okay. The Dr. Seuss foot book. Yes, that um, was donated by a friend of mine, Shane Berge, who moved to Texas. He was from here in Moundsville. Another fellow investigator. Right. And I had the museum was still at my first location. I've had to move my museum at least three times already. It's crazy. Um, and he had a lady, an older lady in town that contacted him and said that, excuse me, 
that she had some stuff going on in her house. And she would say she would hear what sounded like a little kid running around the house and giggling. And so he went over to her house, did a couple of investigations. And at one point, he said, from this is what he told me, he said, did you, he asked her, did you bring anything into the house recently? And she said, yeah, I bought some toys and some items at a yard sale for, uh, for my grandkids to, to play with. And he asked if he could see them. And I'm not sure exactly what methods he used, but basically he came down to it that the footbook was causing the unwanted activity at the house. So he removed mm -hmm. it. And he said, well, he told us, I'm going to remove the book. We'll see if anything happens. Or, or he said, call, call me if anything, you know, starts happening again. Sure. And he never he never heard back from her. So he assumes that, you know, the activity came from the book. But before he quit, in, before in, entirely not being in contact with her, he had asked her, where did you get the book? And she said, a, a yard sale. He asked, where was the yard sale at? So that way he could further do some um, research. And he researched where the uh, yard sale was at. And then he went over, started looking around, and realized after talking to some of the, the neighbors that there had been to in the house to the left of where the yard sale was at a quadruple homicide. Really? It was pretty recently. I think it was 1999, 2000, something like that. It was just across the river here in St. Clairsville. And it was a uh, husband and wife. They had two boys, and the family was from Pakistan, I believe Pakistan, yeah. And apparently, the husband was very verbally and most likely physically abusive because she was afraid of him because she wanted a divorce. So her father came down from Canada, her sister came over from the San Diego area, and her sister also brought her two-year-old, which would have been uh, Lubania, that's the wife, one of the divorce would have been her little niece. So they basically came over for moral support, you know, to be sure, sure, of course, in the proceedings, which led me to believe he, he might have been physically abusive too. That way, you know, she had someone there. And after a few days of her missing work, because she was a doctor at Martin's Ferry, Ohio, uh, one of her friends or colleagues went over to do a, a check on her to see how she was and found out that the wife her dad, the wife's sister, and the little two-year-old uh, had all four had massive head trauma, were stabbed multiple oh, times, goodness. and all had throats cut. And the dad and the two sons were apprehended sometime after that at the JFK airport on their way back to Pakistan. Wow. So he's on death row in Ohio, and the uh, I'm not sure what happened to the two boys. Sure. So and what? What basically we think is the footbook came from came from that house because there's there were actually blood stains on the front and back cover. Now, an, a good friend of mine and guy, I, I do respect his opinion, feels that they're not blood stains. But I have another friend that I'm close friends with, and I do respect his point of view. And he's our local fire chief. He says they're 99.9% blood stains. Blood stains. I want to kind of go with the fire department on that one. Sure, no. Wow, thank you. That that's a very interesting item, very interesting story. Where, where when they're not in the museum itself, right now you have them in storage. Do you have the, all the all these items? Are they stored at your home? Well, right now I have some here. I'm actually at my friend's house. I have some at my house. Um, and majority of it is still in like the museum building as it is now. But I have to. Okay. I need to move them out of that because the landlord's selling the building. And then my question stems from the fact that if if these things carry that negative energy, do, do you do you often find it that it carries the energy to your own property? Um, not so much. I am um, kind of leads into another aspect of my life. I'm actually finishing up my ministry degree, so I do a lot with house blessings and helping people that are having issues with you know. We'll just say energy problems, you know what I mean? And what kind of uh, ministry are you going into? Uh, is it a Christian ministry? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm kind of leaving it open to see where God leads me this time instead of <laughs> me trying to mix up what I want with what he wants. <laughs> that's all, uh, that's all. It didn't work out the last time. And, it's funny. Uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think, but out of my error of the first time, I actually found a better college for uh, for me. 
Uh, I go to Omega Bible Institute Seminary out of Louisiana, and I was able to go more into spiritual warfare, demonology, and counseling. So Wonderful. Kind of what I want to do, and just leave it open to see what happens. You know. Yeah. I. Uh, it's funny because I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm a believer as well. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, I had co I, I had uh, I had co-hosts before uh, this show. Uh, we had a, for for a few months for about a month. We had a, two other co-hosts. They were all Christians. I think a lot of a lot of this uh, particular supernatural. Um, I don't know why. It's just uh, because as a Christian, we understand that there's a warfare going on. You know, oh, constantly every day. So our our approach is uh, it's different how we approach this, and obviously there's a fascination there into the spiritual. Um, personally speaking, because um, you know I've always, like I said, I've always had an uh, an inquiring mind and anything that's that's paranormal. And it's funny how many Christians are actually into the same sort of um, I would say genre or interest in, 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 into the paranormal. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I've ran into some kind of roadblocks with that because a lot of you know, and I don't hold anything against people, but a lot of them don't realize, you know, or understand why I'm into it, you know, as, as I am. It's not so much now into documentation. I know I've, I've always kind of, I've always known what I believe. I've always known what my faith is. Yes. But now it's more so I feel that not a lot of pastors get out from behind their pulpit and get out in the trenches. No. To help people, because some people don't, you know, some people don't even want to go into a church. They're, they're you know, that's, you know, if, and I mean, I've been there. You, you feel like you're going to be eyeballed and judged as soon as you walk in the door. Absolutely. If you, if you go through scripture, Christ didn't always teach in the temple. He was out with the people. No, he was he, he was doing the gritty work. He's out changing lives, not having his life changed. Absolutely. And, and it's, everything is demon possession, uh, you know, casting out demons. That's very prominent in the New Testament. Yeah. And theoretically, I'm supposed to get worse. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Well, I'm glad, man. You're a brother and, uh, and also passionate. I, I, God bless you, man. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Okay, moving on. Because, um, okay, well, since we're in the topic of the Bible... <laughs> Yeah, you also have a Bible in your. You also have a Bible in your possession. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about possession. That one's kind of. Uh, that one kind of stands out. Um, that was just something I wanted to collect. I saw it once, and I, so on a very minor scale, I kind of I like to get into uh, true crime and stuff like that. And sure, came across this one particular individual that I found. I just said kind of fascinating, and not necessarily in a bad way or a good way. But the more I learned about her, the more I would have said, I don't condone what she did. But, you know, I feel bad learning where she came from because she had a terrible, terrible childhood, terrible life. And a lot of it was her fault, but a lot of it, you know, was with, the, I think the cards were kind of stacked against her at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Bible there uh, was the death row Bible of the one Eileen Warnos who was executed down in Florida for killing seven men, I believe. Oh, wow. But they did a movie about her that had uh, a starring Charlize Theron. And yes. Called Monster. Yes, that's correct. Phenomenal and, movie. And so um, Eileen uh, Warner, she uh, she became a, a believer, obviously, and or, or, or did she just kind of had, she had a Bible. Um, that was the Bible that came from her friend, Don Botkins, um, uh, with the uh, COA that I received with it, uh, through supernot.com. Um, that was hers down in Florida when she was on death row. Okay. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Um, I'm going to put a picture. A lot of people I, I recognize immediately when I saw this picture here and, um, one second here, I just kind of, I want to. Because she's a very familiar face. I'm sure you've, uh, our listeners. Have... <laughs> yeah, here. Um, this is uh, this is her. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's one of the more f famous photographs. That that was so. She, she was the owner of that particular Bible. And if you, uh, it's uh, yeah, Eileen Warnhouse. I'm sorry. What is the name of the the movie? Uh, it was called Monster. Monster. Charlize Theron played her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. 
Wow. Yeah, I think she won the, she won the Oscar that year for it too. My goodness, yeah. So you have some very important items in your in your possession, man. That's commendable. Um, moving on here, uh, how about this little? Th what can you explain what this item is? Some items were donated while I was on days where I was doing tours. Okay. Sometimes the museum volunteers. The my 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 first ones, God love them. They just weren't always. Uh, they didn't always remember to gather who donated <laughs> and why. So that, okay, so this, I believe, came on a day where I was donated on the day that I wasn't there. Got it. Yeah, okay. And unfortunately, that, that does happen. Now, that has an interesting story. Yeah, this one that I want to know. I went to go get, I was going through an antique shop. I'm also very sensitive. When when you collect for a while, it just kind of, you just kind of. You have you to, you get, get that knack for finding them. <laughs> right. And that was at a local antique shop up in Wheeling, just 13 miles north of me here in Roundsville. And I looked at it and I told myself, I said, Steve, you want this because it looks cool. And it does. It's kind of a cool design, you know. It is. I like little oddments like that. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to get it. And I told myself, if it's still bothering you within a day or two, come back up and get it. So the next day, I was <laughs> went back up and got it because <laughs> I really, really wanted it. And so I got it, put it in the museum. It was there for, I'd say, about a year or so. And one day, this young woman came in, and she's over there looking at it. And I'm like, okay, because, you know, I get curious, too. I always watch people when they come in the museum, because I always love to see if people have ex similar experiences that I, than, than not, that I did, you know, with certain items. Sure. So kind of common denominator that way. And she's looking at the uh, little figurine there, and she's about... 12 inches high. And she looked at me and says, do you ever hear of Pombagira? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who's that. <laughs> and apparently, I guess in South America somewhere, there's a... I was... She told me there's a demonic deity named Pombagira. Okay. And I actually had that figurine underneath the glass little dome because I didn't want people messing with it. And she says, is the bottom of that... She said, statue, is it hollow? I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> you know, because mm. once in a while you have these, you meet these these weird people with weird situations, and um, she says, "Yeah, well, that's where people would put their offerings in." Really? I'm like, "Well, okay, that's interesting." And I said, "Well, she saw she she's also the how she the goddess of somehow being like alluring to people." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sensual way, I guess. I forget how she worded it. It was similar to that, which is why, like I said, when I first looked at it, I'm like, I'm, I'm not getting this. It's just, it's cool looking. And I'm not going to get it because of that. But then I said, I went back up the next day and bought it. <laughs> so it was it's kind very, of an interesting little personal experience with that. It's, uh, yeah, it looks, I'm, I'm doing, um, Pompajira, I'm doing a, a little search uh, just right off. It, it looks it looks exactly sort of like with that type of uh, the type of doll. To me, um, I grew I grew up in in South America myself, <clears throat> and it reminded me of like the we used there used to be a lot of flamenco dancing dolls back in the days. That's so, one thing it reminded me of that you, you just said reminded me because about that time frame, I just it's kind of kind of a dumb. Experience excuse but like i just came up upon this newer kind of uh rock band if you will called volby and they did mm -hmm. a song on each of their albums they'll do two ballads about people you wouldn't normally get to hear a ballad about and they okay. did a ballad about a uh, irish dancer who did spanish dancing called lola montez and i oh, think lola Mo and yeah. i think that's kind of how um i think that's why that uh, figurine kind of interests me because it kind of reminded me of lola montez it does look a little bit like the yeah you're right absolutely right especially with like the hand gestures yeah um th that she has above her head yeah uh, i think she was yeah because what what they have so the, the spanish dancers they have these little things on their hands that i forgot the name of it but they they click they make a the typical clicking noise when you hear the the spanish dance yeah um and what is lola it? used to do this one thing she'd have these little spiders like little fake spiders Okay. And she'd throw them out, and then she'd 
you wouldn't, it was kind of hard to see the string. It was part of the act. And she would jerk the string and the spider would come toward her and she would start stamping her feet with the dance. So it's like, and she did one thing that was called the spider dance. Oh, was, I see. Uh, pretty interesting. So, yeah, they're, they're called Casta, Spanish is called Castañeda. Like, that's the name of the, okay. uh, that's the name of the, and it makes this little sound that you probably, I'm sure you've heard it if you ever watched like a, some kind of Spanish movie. And so when yeah. I saw this, when I saw this item, I was like, oh, yeah, it looks just like a Spanish. And so it reminded me when I was a kid that we used to have these things all over the place. Uh, people used to buy them, like trinkets. So watch this. I'm going to put an image on right now. And you're going to be able to see. You recognize that? It's almost verbatim what she is. Yeah. So she's, she's holding these things in her hands. They're called castañedas. Uh, and they're like this little cool instrument. Like, oh. They're called castanets in English. But, uh, yeah, very cool. So moving on right here, um, let's see. You have, I know I, I noticed that you have a lot of dolls uh, in your collection. Dolls tend and, to come in more on, almost on the regular. Um, that one is the Betsy Bell doll. Um, that's, is that a name that you uh, attributed? That's, or That's the name she came with. Uh, okay. My name Curtis Lee from down in Virginia. I traveled up to one of my uh, paranormal events and donated her during... Uh, during that event, I had like a little par paranormal convention I, I had and said that she's very mani manipulative. Okay. And the one name that came through once for him and half of the name came through for Dave Ryan and I during an EVP session uh, was uh, Beelzebub. Oh, wow. Okay. So we, we have an area, or in this case, where we're at now a room we call the dark room. And any uh, item that comes in involving... In any way, form, or fashion with uh, demonic activity, uh, dark energy, whatever, goes to the dark room. And we let everyone know who visits the museum that it's an optional room. Well, everything's technically optional. But sure. we, I, I like to, I, I want people to know um, ahead of time what they're going to be looking at. And it's funny. It's funny because the name uh, Betsy Bell sort of sounds like, you know, Be 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 Beelzebub. I mean, um, sorry, what the name of the demon? Uh, Beelzebub. That does, Beelzebub. I never thought of that. Yeah, it does. I never, yeah. really, I never really considered that. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it sounds like if a, if a little kid heard that name, uh, that's what they probably interpreted as. Yeah. That's yeah. Betsy Bell, you know? Yeah. And then another, uh, another doll uh, we have in the dark room. Um, it's a about three feet tall and is it, uh, uh, is it this one no. no no that's the uh the effigy doll this one not that one this one no now that one's only about five inches tall that's the ashen doll oh. yeah I, I don't think i have a picture of the well this one that, that one's that's her right there okay what, that's the, what? That's, the, that's the hope doll and one of the names that's come through from our investigation which actually this one is on there's Hope the Demonic Doll Part One, Part Two on the Paranormal Quest or channel. Okay. Um, one of the names that came across with her was Leviathan. Oh, another biblical name for a for a yeah. yeah. And and an, and another investigator, a good friend of mine, um, Sean Austin. Actually, it was on his site that Leviathan came came through on. Um, there was also a lot of very negative, like downright almost we consider it blasphemy against the holy spirit sure yeah it was uh really nasty and wow. it's just you know one of those things that it's better kept away uh, out of the the popular you know the populace than understood tell me a little bit about uh this particular item here that we just kind of briefly showed that was one of the first two dolls of the entire collection i just started calling that one Ashen because it looks like an you know ash almost. Yeah. Um, that that one and the Sarah doll, which you don't you don't have the picture of. Those two, unfortunately, I have no clue of their background. That was okay. one of the situations where they were donated, and I wasn't present when they were. Sure, understandable. We'll move on, and then these uh, <laughs> these yeah these little guys. Sure. I've always kind of been associated with. Uh, you know, whether it be a Twilight Zone episode or or oh, just yeah. any, they've always yeah, been associated. And you had, uh, oh, my mom bought me a whole season on this other one. Was really, 
just like the Twilight Zone. I can't remember right now. But uh, yeah. other, uh, what, what do we see? Was it uh, like an, uh, the other, uh, other? What's it called? All those, all those shows. Um, this is an older one. Um, I'll, I'll think about it. Probably like that's no, okay. <laughs> yeah. So what what is the story with this particular item? Um, at the second location the museum was at was in the community center, the one that they tore down, and uh, down the hallway in one of the other classrooms, which were all designated for small business, was a friend of mine, Amanda, and she had a photography studio. Her and I had been friends for a while, and I went went over there to see if she wanted to order lunch, because I was going to order lunch, and and uh, I saw this doll. Uh, up in the closet area, said, "Oh, you have it was a Charlie Charlie McCarthy doll or something like that." Mm-hmm. She says, "Yeah." She says, "You ought to take that doll." She said it kind of laughing. I said, "Why?" She says, "My son hates that doll." I says, "She says mm-hmm. I have to keep it here because it terrifies him." And then it got to the point when he had to. About a year later, we were still at the community center. I was still running there, and he started getting old enough where he had to. He would come there after school before she had to do. She went home, and he was still terrified of it. So I told her, I said, why don't you just put it on loan? And I, she let me borrow the red chair as well. And we'll just keep it there. I can, you know, share your story. I can leave the name, you know, you and your son's name out of it. And that way, you know, it's being taken care of. Because she used it for, like, uh, different photo shoots, boudoir shoots, different things like that. Sure. And, um, and she's never asked. She's never asked. Never asked for it back. No. The- the name of the more contemporary show that I was thinking about is Goosebumps. Uh, oh, Slappy. Uh, yeah, that, that's the, that's the name of the one in Goosebumps, Slappy. Yeah, that one also. That, that's the other show that I was thinking. Um, the Outer that's Limits. A- the Outer Limits, maybe. No. <sighs> Who remember? You remember the host of the show? No, I have to. I have to look it up. That's all right. We'll leave it at. And then this uh, this image right here of this particular lady. Yes, that's my uh, my all time uh, most cherished item I have. Uh, that really? her name is Annie. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of an interesting story how that came to be. Um, I knew about her picture before um, before I had the museum. And uh, because up at this one place in Wheeling where I do a lot of my antique shopping, before I started the museum, I had always um, uh, collected military stuff, primarily World War II. Okay. But where I would go had multiple, had at least 30, 40 different vendors. So I had to walk past multiple vendors to get to the very back to where the military stuff was at. But at this one particular vendor, there was always this picture, the one you're showing right there. Mm-hmm. And I would always stop whether it was for 30 seconds, a minute, or whatever. And I was always just captivated by this picture and never knew why. You know, I never, it never came to me exactly why at the time. But once I opened the museum up, the first thing I thought of was, I got to have that picture. Because I want to see if other people feel anything about it or anything that would be similar to what I feel about it. So I went up to get it. And I got back to where the vendor was at and realized that the vendor was gone. Oh, Tired. wow. Empty, not even a speck of dust. And that's that part in life you want something you can't have. Sure. And it really bothered me. And then almost a month later, uh, I was going back up to check on military stuff and <clears throat> kind of reminded myself as I walked in, I'm like, great, you know, that one picture, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. And I was walking back. I noticed from the angle I was walking that the vendor's still empty. But as I walked directly in front of it and looked immediately to my right, it was all empty except leaning against the back wall of the open space was that picture. Really? Nothing else around it. Um, I don't know if it was misplaced or whatnot, but I spent my $45 of my money on it that day. And since then, we've made multiple contacts with her. Within a couple of years after that, I was able to find where she was buried. I go up there at least two or three times a year to pay my respects. And had a pretty interesting experience happen with her. And Dave and Ryan were actually a part of that. And I was very happy that it happened. 
uh, one day I was sitting at the museum at the location of the Sanford Center, the community center. And I get this video request call coming in from, from Ryan. I'm like, it's weird. Why don't you just text me? I'm thinking. So I answer it. And it's pretty much pitch black. And I hear Ryan go, guess where we're at? I'm like, I don't know. It's pitch black. I can't see. So he ends up pointing his uh, camera to the sky. I said, okay, you're, there's a sunset. I still can't see you. And um, then he turns around, puts his flashlight on Andy's gravestone. I'm like, oh, you stopped up in Wellsburg, too. Oh, wow. To visit Andy. I was like, that's cool. How's she doing? Yeah, just kind of goofing around. Well, I'm sitting at my desk at the museum. And Annie's picture was always close to my chair. I, I can always see her. She can see me. And I said, hey, Ryan, I want to try something. Because I remember he had just bought his first REM pod. And I said, let's try something. He said, what do you want to do? I said, go get your REM pod. You have it in your car, right? He goes, yeah. So he goes, comes back with it, and Dave's still there. And then I said, put the REM pod on her grave, or the, the marker there, right in front of it. And he would turn it on. Now, up until this point, the only communication I really made with Annie was through Pendulum. And uh, I'm kind of a big fan of Pendulum. Uh-huh. Pendulum, stuff like that. And... So I'm sitting and holding it like this. Now my both of my elbows are on my desk, and I'm holding it with two fingers like this. Sure. And as I'm looking this way, there's my screen on my computer because I'm watching Ryan and Dave. And off to my left is the case that has Andy's picture in it. Mm-hmm. I said, Andy, if you're here, if you want to, can you make this pendulum move between me and away from me? This way. So I'm sitting there holding it, and all of a sudden, from a dead standstill, it starts moving. Which it's done before, and pretty soon it's about a four to six inch, you know, path between point A and point B. Wow! And I said, and of course, you know, we're not recording this. It's just <laughs> it would this this would happen when it's not being recorded. And I said, Annie, if you could, could you stop that and go up and visit Ryan and Dave where you're buried at your gravesite? And no joke, within twenty seconds, the pendulum stopped to a dead standstill. And the REM pod hit the first two lights on the REM pod up there in Wellsburg. <clears throat> wow, that's that's something that that's it was it was insane. Like I was like like Ryan and Dave just like it was completely quiet on both ends. You know, it was it was interesting. <laughs> it was really really interesting. I put this image that I found. Uh, that's actually the the posterior side of that of the of your image. So if you turn it around, that's the posterior, right? Right, right there. And yeah. I waited almost a year to do that because I was worried about ruining the picture. So for a while, so, we actually called her Claire because I said she looks like a Claire. We're calling her Claire. Oh, and so then, you you documented this in the back of the picture? That was all there. It was there already. Okay. All that was there, waiting for me to find it. So she was only 15 years old here. Yeah. Wow. She died now, I got in her 60s. Okay. I'm sure that she's, I'm sure she has family um, uh, around. How far is, is she buried from where you live? About an hour. Okay. So probably local family. I'm sure you can probably, uh, if you do some kind of like Someone family. Me, but then I never heard back from them. Wow. It's interesting. Uh, they thank me for putting a picture of, I used that picture on, and I put it up on the find a grave because she didn't have a picture on find a grave. <clears throat> so let's see here. Um, now I, I got to ask you this because as a as a believer, what's your what's your take as opposed to uh, a spirit kind of lingering uh, as opposed to uh, what is your personal belief as far as like a spirit lingering? Do you think it was her spirit or somebody else doing the movement? How do you feel about that? Um, I don't think there's either way a person can know 100%. Okay. You know, we're not going to know exactly what happens until we both pass anyway. That's true. So, we know what we're told. We know what we feel. We know what we, you know, what, what we, you know, how we perceive things. Um, me personally, you know, if it wasn't her, um, then I would chalk it up to something you know, not good. Right. So, but you know, when all that happened, I was going through kind of a, an area of my life where, um, yeah, I was Christian, but I was still questioning a lot of things. And 
you know, it said when she passed, she was Methodist. So, you know, it says, you know, to be absent, you know, to absent for the body present, to be present with, with the Lord. So, I mean, it, it's hard to say. Right. Interesting. Uh, very cool, man. Very cool items uh, that we have here so far. And uh, I think uh, we're running up to an hour for you. So I'm definitely want to revisit. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Any, you know, yeah, point. no, de definitely, man. Thank you. Um, before, yeah, let me just kind of, here we go. Cool. So, um, so, so where are you at? And potentially have you, have you found a spot for your museum or? Well, I had one kind of lined up at the price. I just, I couldn't afford it at this time. And plus the fact that it was going to be in the middle of the off season, so I don't really have income coming in for the museums. So that makes it <clears throat> a little difficult. So right now I'm going to have to at least do a storage locker until I get someplace lined up. Got it. And do you, yeah. being a, a museum, do you qualify for any funding by the city itself? Um, they really don't do much for, for museum stuff. It's doing it through the state. And honestly, every time I get something saved, like, when I had money saved up to do my 501c3, finally, mm -hmm. before the building down, I had to spend it on movers. Boy. It's just it's not one thing, it's another. How far are you from the, the penitentiary where you used to do your tours? About five minutes. Oh, yeah? What about it's space? That, have you thought about uh, <laughs> Have you thought about maybe, say, uh, would they set up a space for you there? They were going to. We were talking about it when I still worked there. Um uh, the reason I quit working there is I had a difference of opinion on historical preservation, and <clears throat> I wasn't fired, but I had to come to work and find out for myself that I wasn't put on the schedule. So mm, One of those things. Yeah, one of those things where, you know, I speak out, you know, and well, long story short, I told, I went to talk to a couple of my bosses, and I don't feel that it went anywhere. So a friend of mine was on the MEDC, which is the board of directors that run the tours that oversees everything. And I said, I'd like to have a meeting and I want, and I want to be anonymous. I don't want to have people being spiteful and so on and so forth, which happens, happened a lot there. And so I had the meeting and next thing I know, I'm not on the schedule. Mm. It is what it is, man. There's greener pastures out there, you know? And I think, yeah, I agree with you. And I think a lot of it, I'm not, I'm not trying to be spiteful about it, but I think, I think the fact that at one time with the museum I have, it was actually ranked above the prison's tours <laughs> on TripAdvisor. Um, there was one time, I, I think on their history, history museum uh, for the state of West Virginia on TripAdvisor, we were ranked above the, uh, the, the, the state's museum. Wow. But the problem is, anytime your address changes, you lose all that. Oh boy! Like, and uh, again. how about uh, the, well? I guess Google Google would probably remain right. All the Google reviews, if you keep the same name. Yeah, Google's not good at updating schedules. So instead of a five five point oh, like I had on TripAdvisor, I have like a four point five, four point six on Google or something. Mm, I got you. Google's Google's okay. It's they're just. They're a pain in the butt to work with sometimes. Mm, yeah, bitch. They the want to charge. Supervisor was excellent, and they were, they were on the ball with things. Well, perfect, man. Well, you know, I wish you the best. You know, we got leads he provides. So, um, different true. look, yeah, different location, and it's fa fascinating uh, for everybody. Uh, Steve, uh, I want to just kind of show uh, your your here once again for the Instagram account. Go ahead and uh, and follow his Instagram account. You can keep uh, updated with the latest uh, right here. There's also a link for the website itself. And, you know, the best thing you guys can do is, is support each other within the community. And if you yeah, ever – how far how far are you from Pittsburgh? About an hour. Okay. So Depending on what traffic's like up there. That's the closest city I found. Uh, so if you guys ever in the Pittsburgh area, um, drive down. Uh, and and check out Steve's museum, and it's gonna be it looks like a fun place to hang out. And uh, you get to uh, you well, you're there on most days, I would say, correct? Yeah. One thing I want to add, because as as things are right now, as they are, 
uh, definitely check out the Facebook page and the website first. Uh, okay. That way, because I don't want to not be open by some chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I got and all, any all updates. So if I get my new location, the new address, the new times, will all be on the website and the Facebook page first. So I'm going to go ahead yeah. and, uh, yeah, I'm going to share the website here. Uh, and then I'm also going to go and share the your Facebook. Uh, one second here. I'm going to share the Facebook uh, group so people can find you guys. Um, but you, you, I'm sure that they, they get, uh, let me see, where would I find a link for your, for Facebook? Would it, or you want me to just give me the address and I'll. Yeah, I'll just give you the address. Okay. All right. So let me, um, let me have it here so I can share it. How would I find you? Yeah. How would I find? It's just, I mean, Facebook, I don't use too much. Type in archive of the afterlife. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and follow you myself. There we go. Followed. And uh, let me, okay. So it's under facebook.com forward slash archive dot para dot museum. And I'm going to put that in a second here on our channel. And, uh, It'll be on our archive material. You know, a lot of the a lot of the listening <clears throat> gets done after hours, so um, most of these shows they don't draw a, a, a live audience too much, but they draw a, a big audience afterwards. So, by these links being published, um, then people can follow you in all avenues. So, cool. as Steve said, always if you guys are in Pittsburgh area, there's a South Drive about an hour or so, and you can. Uh, Check the times either by checking his website or joining. Uh, go ahead and join his Facebook group as well. It always helps within the community to support one another. So Absolutely. with that, um, I want to thank you so much, Steve, uh, for joining the show, man. I know it's late, late for you, but uh, you were gracious enough to to come on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, I'll be looking forward to bringing you on in the future. Yeah, just let me know. I will. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming out, man. God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I'll, I'll be supporting you. How I can do it from from my end, uh, promoting your, you know, promoting you and and the media's that I have. I appreciate it. Okay, my friend. Have a good night. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Okay, my friend. Take care. All right, guys. That was uh, Steve Hummel. Very, very nice guy. Very humble guy. Uh, as you know, he's the, the owner of Archive of the Afterlife, a paranormal museum. They're in, be- in between locations at this time. But um, go ahead and join his social media so you can kind of keep up with the uh, latest. Um, go ahead and share this show with your friends. And, um, you know, as always, I, I thank you guys for for joining us here at uh, Strange Days Live. Let's see here. Here we go. So I hope you guys have a great evening. Uh, God bless you guys. Stay safe. And um, I'll be back here tomorrow. With that being said, thank you guys. Hit a like, subscribe, recommend us. And God bless you. This is Doc signing off. Strange Days Live.